0: Hi there, I'm Robin from More Than Mothering, and this is episode 18 with Catherine. Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, where we highlight admirable moms in every stage and with all different experiences and skill sets. We believe moms are the experts in their own home, and we can all learn and be inspired by each other. Catherine is a young mom of three little girls but is also a cancer survivor. I met Catherine many years ago while she was in the middle of her cancer fight, and I remember being struck, first of all, by how beautiful she was even after undergoing chemotherapy, but also how giving and generous she was of her time and attention to someone like me who she had never met before. We were able to attend a benefit concert, which was for the purpose of fundraising for Catherine's medical bills, And afterwards, I was able to go up and meet her, and she was so generous and so interested in getting to know me at a time when the evening was literally all about her. She is uh, a really wonderful person, and she's fun to talk to. Ready? Yep. Okay. Okay, great. This is my friend Catherine. Catherine is mom to three little girls, and you've been married to Max for eight years, close to eight years. Yeah, eight years. No no it has been eight, eight years. years okay. yes. um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for letting me ask you some questions today. Yeah. Um, first of all, I wanna uh, I wanna ask you when you and Max first got married, dating, engaged, and early married year. Um, what what was kind of the plan for growing your family, and and what did that look like <laughs> um, before everything crazy happened?
1: Um. to be honest I don't know if we had much of a plan um, life kind of uh, hit us in the face really fast
0: yeah.
1: um, because uh, you know we were newly married but it wasn't until six months after we had gotten married that I was diagnosed with cancer right. so that was a very big curveball for us and helped um, our relationship grow uh, a little bit more quickly in some ways. Um, but then it was, um, I yeah, within six months I was diagnosed with cancer and then how many more months after? I, three months after doing treatments um, and I kind of got the clear, I believe it was six months after I finished treatments that I got pregnant with Eliza, and that was a total surprise. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I don't know if we necessarily had any plans. It just <laughs> everything kind of came at us, and we kind of had to take it just as we went it along. along. Wow, yeah.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. So, it was very crazy and definitely kind of overwhelming at certain points and times, but, yeah. you know... Life happens. You just gotta take it. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: amazing. So, tell me a little bit more about so, start to finish, from diagnosis to uh, when your cancer went into remission. What was the timeline there?
1: So when I was diagnosed, so I was three. I was about three or four months because I was diagnosed in August of 2012, and then I finished up in October. Oh. I finished up in October of 2012. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember our one year anniversary. I was I was done because we were married oh, okay. on October 19th. So I feel like it was maybe within the first two weeks. I had a PET scan and waiting for results and um, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I just remember by the time our anniversary hit, I was I wasn't going through treatments anymore. I think I was pretty much pronounced, you know, like your cancer has gone. I don't have to do any more treatments type okay. thing. so gotcha. Okay,
0: so um, yeah Tell me a little bit about what that process was like for you and max receiving the diagnosis and then fighting cancer so
1: um, um, like? So we um, actually I kind of had some weird I've been I was pretty much healthy my whole life um, up until that point I never really had any major issues with anything. Um, Max and I actually went out to Virginia to do, for him to do summer sales. And um, while we were out there, before we left, I kind of saw a primary care doctor just because I was having just some weird um, things and I was really tired a lot, just really fatigued. And they kind of took my blood, didn't find anything significant, but they thought that it was potentially mono. And so, since I was leaving within a short amount of time, my doctor just said, well, based off of the little things that I have, I'm pretty sure this is mono, just, you know, it can take four to six months to get rid of. So we went out there and things just progressively got worse. Um, Just sickness wise, like I just never got better with anything. And finally, I went to an instacare out there to get some things checked out, and they took my blood, and um, my white cell count was low, my red cell count was low, and just a lot of different things within my blood that were just off. And so that doctor there said, "Yeah, you need to go to the ER. There's something wrong." Mm-hmm. So we went to the ER, and it was later that night that. The doctor pretty much came in and just said, you know, you don't have mono, um, you either have um, some type of leukemia or lymphoma, and we need to admit you, and that was just kind of a shock and overwhelming, and um, so I was I was out in, in Virginia for about a week getting all the tests to find out the specific diagnosis, and then I was able to fly back home um, to Salt Lake and be treated at Huntsman cancer hospital but I do remember I'm um, going through the motion my mother was with me a lot which really was a blessing for me because you know she is a breast cancer survivor and so she was very sympathetic and kind of knew the right questions and the right things to ask but I do remember before I started my first round of chemo um, my mom. I didn't even think about this question, but my mom asked me, you know, if I needed to harvest my eggs, which was not even a thought that crossed my mind. And with the advances with chemotherapy that they've made over the years, um, my oncologist said, No, I don't. You know, at this point, I think she'll be fine with this type of chemotherapy. I wouldn't worry too much about harvesting her eggs, and so I so that was kind of a relief but you know later on in life you know there was always just that lingering question in the back of my mind like well is it gonna be hard for me to get oh pregnant God. or not um, but um, as time went on and I went through treatments um, it was kind of very strenuous on our marriage in some cases because Max our we had student insurance through BYU. And so in order to keep that insurance, he still had to go to school and he also needed to work as well. And so we were living in my parents' home um, so that my mom um, and extra family members could help support me and us through this, through that time in our life and um, but Max was gone a lot because he was trying to work and provide and make sure that you know medical expenses could be covered, but also to make sure that we could keep our insurance through school. Um, but it um, it definitely had its ups and downs, and um, but we within the three months time period we were able to um get through that and have a clean um a clean bill of health so to speak so anyway so that's kind of a a summary of a little bit about uh my my cancer process i guess
0: yeah yeah that's quite a first year of marriage yeah <laughs> that's rough and then yeah. Eliza came
1: shortly after yeah so Eliza came shortly after and you know I just um you know I just remember just thinking about we um decided to move down to Provo Utah to be closer to uh, BYU so that Max could more fully f- um focus on school and get that done and, um When we had gone down there, we were in the process of switching apartments. But I I just vaguely remember one day, I think I was in the car by myself, and I literally was just kind of praying. And, you know, I thought, you know, because I was thinking about, you know, what if it is going to be hard for me to get pregnant? and uh, i just remember praying and thinking you know god i've already been through this huge thing i don't know if i could handle having a hard time getting pregnant mm-hmm. like if if anything please just bless me with that not being something that i That blessed me not to have another trial like that, and now looking back on that, because all of my girls have been surprises, (laughs) and sometimes, um, sometimes my friends joke and call me Fertile Myrtle because (laughs) I do get pregnant very easily, and 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 it's definitely nothing to complain about. It's it's a blessing that I've been able to have kids, but. As time's gone on, and I have looked back at that part of my life with with praying about that, I'm like, you know, I, I think that was God's way of saying, okay, like, if that's the one thing you want from getting through this trial and persevering through this, you know, I just felt like that was a huge, huge blessing um, for me. So, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, that's so. really
0: beautiful. I love that. Okay, so uh, through chemotherapy you lost all your hair and um, that sounds really hard um, from anyone that has had to deal with that. Um, So I wonder, you have three little girls who are all gonna need you to teach them body positivity and and how to love their body and I wonder um, if that has affected the way that, and, and going through cancer in general, has affected the way that you see your body and the way that you will teach your girls about that?
1: Um, yes, I think, um, in a way, it's sad to say that sometimes you used to have those moments because it's been, it's been seven years since I've had my cancer, which I remember, you know, I kept a blog throughout that whole process and... Um, you know, I remember one of my blog posts saying, you know, kind of telling women, be thankful for your hair and be thankful for your bad hair days because, you know, you should just be grateful that you at least have hair because, you know, there were some days that I struggled not, and um, just feeling a little self-conscious sometimes not having my hair because I never wore a wig or anything I didn't like. I don't like wearing a wig for whatever reason. It made me feel almost more bald. I know that's weird to think, but I just never wore anything, and um, so, but uh, body image-wise, for my girls, I feel like it's so um, important for me to help them realize as time goes on. I guess it's more of, and maybe this is where it stems from, there was one time I was actually sitting in the car in the parking lot at a grocery store. And when I was bald, and I, I think I was waiting for my mom, or maybe it was my husband to come back out because they were just going to run in and get something. But I remember there was this couple walking by and this girl was so loud and she was like, Oh my gosh, did you see her? She's, she was bald. She was bald. And I just remember sitting in my car and I said to myself, yes, yes, I am, you know, Mm -hmm. but it made me feel so, so self-conscious, but it's like little did she know like what I was going through. Um, and, I feel like with my girls and their self-image is just I feel like sometimes there's a lot of shaming with maybe how um, women look in general. Um, if you don't look a certain way, then it's kind of, you know, you need to change that, you need to do something about it. Um, or maybe even the things that you wear. Um, I just feel that there's a lot of negativity that can go that can come around with um, body image, especially with women, and being able to create a healthy, um, a healthy and a healthy place for my girls. Sometimes something that my daughter might put on, where I feel like it may not be. As modest as I would like her to be instead of trying to say oh you need to go change Like you can't wear that you need to change and um, that's not being modest or that's not appropriate um, I guess it's more of what I try and personally do I'm not perfect at it but what I try and personally do is take a step back and say okay well how do you feel wearing that or how do you feel after you know after they're doing um, something, I guess even exercise to help feel like uh, if To feel and appreciate their physical bodies I sometimes will just say, you know, like How do you feel wearing that? Or how do you feel doing this activity for you? And sometimes if they feel like, oh, it's good You know, then I just kind of continue to let them Wear what they're wearing Or um Things like that, but at the same time, sometimes I can tell when they don't feel comfortable and they'll be like, Oh, I don't know, I just it's falling down, or I don't know. So, I guess I ask them how they feel instead of shaming and trying to tell them, you know, what's right and what's wrong. I guess it, it's more like trying to guide and let them navigate to help them feel of their self worth through their image. Um, And also another thing that I've been trying to do, I guess instead of complimenting them on like, oh, you look so pretty, also complimenting them on, oh, you did this thing so well, or you're so, you're very smart, or just kind of focus on some of their talents as well to help kind of let them know that it's not just their physical appearance that helps them be them. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. That you so, tie their worth. Yes. To, yes. to something else. Yeah. yeah.
1: I that. That's really cool.
0: So you've said that um, healthy living in your family and um, teaching your girls to be healthy is really important to you. So what does that look like? And um, and where does that stem from? What. Oh. Why is that important
1: to you? Um, I just think, so I've, um, I still have had some resulting health issues after the fact of of having my cancer, um, and so, um, I also think it helps that as, um, having a spouse that's also kind of more health conscious, um, to help motivate me and also to have our family as a whole be kind of more focused on health. just because I I actually told my husband before, like when we got married, that if we were to have girls, because we have cancer on both sides of our family, like, you know, his mom had cancer, my mom had cancer, just and now I've had cancer. And so I, I told Max before we had kids, I'm like, man, I'm like, man if we have any girls, they, their likelihood of having cancer is much higher. And so now we have all girls, mm-hmm. and just being able to teach them um, the um, that being healthy, eating healthy, you know, exercising, um, things like that are are going to impact them more ways or more ways than one. So I feel like not only going through my own experience of having cancer, but it's also kind of the motivation of not wanting to go there again. Um, and to um, be the healthier person just for my own children as a mom. I want to be my, at my healthiest so that I can interact with them, I can play with them, you know, run around with them without getting so winded or tired. Um and um, so I think that's where that kind of stems from. Sorry, I forgot the other part of your question.
0: Um, what does it look like for you? What are you? What kind of oh, things are I you do. teaching? Them? So I'm
1: definitely not perfect. <laughs> um, but you know, there's definitely room for a lot of improvement. But um, my parents actually call me the sugar Nazi. Oh. <laughs> my family, I <laughs> get. True. I get teased a ton by my family um, because of how much I uh, try and limit my kids' sugar intake. Um, just because, you know, there's so many different studies out there that you can read that are, you know, that sugar can cause just with moods and behaviors. And, you know, some studies even suggest that it may be linked to depression and those types of things. But, um, I mean, like I said, I'm not perfect. I feel like as a mom with young kids, you live off snacks sometimes, or at least you have to have snacks ready, readily available. <laughs> um, I I really just feel like there's what we what I really try and implement that I know that I'm consistent on is just some things that we have in our home food wise are um, like we're eating every day, like bread. I'm very I'm very particular about the bread that I buy Um, and then there's I and also when it comes to alternative things like honey or more natural like sugar things like honey or maple syrup Um, also with grains I have my own um, oat roller so I Buy you know whole grains that I kind of create my own oatmeal or we or as we call it mush because I'll do I'll add in a bunch of different grains or we I have a flour maker so I have grains and I have my own flour I don't even buy store bought flour anymore hmm. I make my own and so I feel like I also enjoy cooking which is helpful too because I'm able to make a lot of my kids' meals um and and I'm able to kind of control things that way for them um and make healthier meals. Uh, I feel very fortunate that my children eat vegetables and and I do partially feel like it's because I've always incorporated vegetables since they were younger mm-hmm. it's There's always at least one vegetable, m- most likely two. That they eat and that they enjoy. I've learned how to cook those vegetables in the way that they like, so that they eat them. Um, and so that's kind of—I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. What the kind of what that looks like for us. I mean, yeah, just cooking and kind of being more particular about certain things. Not everything. Like I said, I could be a lot better, but mm-hmm. yeah, just. Particular things that I make sure I buy that I know are more beneficial for them and just trying to um, Eat kind of more whole foods really than more than anything Cool. So. Well, I applaud that. That's a lot more work <laughs> so, Good for you. That's <laughs> yeah. incredible. Yeah, well, it seems like a lot more work, but once you get the hang of it It's just it just not becomes part of the routine. Yeah, exactly yeah, if so. yeah. yes, that makes sense
0: So seven years past your cancer, um, how much does it affect your day-to-day? Do you think about it regularly? Does it Mm -hmm. affect the way you see your family or you approach your life? How has it changed who you are?
1: Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I still think about it. Sometimes there's always a lingering thing in the back of my mind. Um, You know, like if it will, if it were to ever come back again, what would I do? You know, I mean, I didn't have any of my children before I had it, so it would definitely be so different if if that were to happen again with children. I can't even imagine, because I know that there's moms out there that have it while having children, and I can't even fathom or even even begin to comprehend how much harder that is, yeah. you know, with children. Um, um, but overall, I um, I do feel. Feel grateful it's not at the forefront of my mind all the time But I do feel ultimately grateful that I am able to have children and have a family um, and and That I am fortunate and blessed enough to be able to be a stay-at-home mom and be able to be a full-time mom with those girls um, and Be able to raise them the way that I would like to raise them um and honestly i think overall how it's just kind of impacted and changed my life is i just don't think i would be as healthy as a person i think i was somewhat healthy beforehand um before before cancer but post-cancer i really have honed in more on the health aspects and, and all health aspects not just eating healthy but also exercising and that's the thing that I also encourage my girls to do is just activities, get out and play, it's exercise, go going to walk, ride your bike. Um, um, and so, I just feel that there's more in life to be appreciated or anything more fulfilled when you are healthy, because then if you do get hit with something like cancer, it's it just really flips your world upside down and and it changes your life in a way where um, some things just aren't ever the same after. Um, even after post cancer, your life is still altered and the things you can or can't do um, anymore. But Anyways, So I hope, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, Yeah, no, it does. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Okay, well, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, You ready for a speed round? A
1: speed round? A speed round. A speed round. Okay, question. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Catherine, what's
1: your favorite sound? Um, Laughter. My kid's laughing. What's your least favorite sound? Screaming, I think, (laughs) is what I decided, those high pitched screams. (laughs) that aren't necessary. Anyways, yes. Yes, what's your favorite word? Favorite word, Um, right now it's um, when my daughter Maddie, when she says, mommy, mommy. I mean, she (laughs) yells it really, mommy, but I think right now, I think that's really, really something I love hearing her say. Yeah, that new talker.
0: Yes, <laughs> and like, she fights. starts saying <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Yes. Uh, What do you know?
1: Um, I know um the importance of families.
0: What do you want to learn?
1: Um, oh, that's a good question. What do I want to learn. Um. At the moment, um, I want to learn how to help my children be more thankful and more mm-hmm. giving. That's actually I was thinking about it today. I'm like, Man, now can I help my kids appreciate more? That's cool. I like that. so, Let me know if you forget yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me what scares you.
1: Um. I guess the first thing that comes to mind that sometimes scares me is, um, you know, my husband's mom died of cancer when he was five, and so he never really knew his mother. Um, so I think that would be my fear if I had to leave my children at a young age. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be awful. Tell me about a mom you admire. Um, you know, I actually really admire um, my sister-in-law Rachel. I think she's a great mom and seeing her and how she mothers her teenagers and how her teenagers respond to her and the relationships that she's been able to cultivate with them is awesome and I'm like wow I hope that one day I can be able to cultivate and get to the point of having a strong relationship with my kids like she has with hers. Mm, That's cool, I love that. Tell me what you're good at, Katherine. Oh, what I'm good at? um, I guess I feel like I do have a talent for cooking. Um, And I do feel that I do have
0: a little bit of a talent with children. That's cool. What great yes. gifts for your family. Cool. Thank you yes. so much for sharing okay. this with me. Okay. Thanks, Robin. I loved hearing Catherine talk a little bit about being grateful to be able to be a mom and the reminder of what a blessing your health is. I also love this interview because it reminds me of how important it is to remember that even when we have different things that are important to us, we can still respect and enjoy the conversation between mothers. Catherine is way more strict about food than I am with my children, and certainly puts more energy and effort into healthy eating than I do in my home. But I can respect that this is something that is important to her, just as she can respect that other things are important to me. Thank you for listening to the More Than Mothering podcast. You can visit the website at morethan-mothering.com for show notes, images, and the video form of this interview, as well as many other interviews with remarkable women. If you are having a less than day, I hope you leave feeling more than.